Complete Cricket is a coaching organisation based in the West Midlands that has an enormous impact on young cricketers in their region and with the use of online tools far beyond those geographical limits as well. I spoke to Dave Smith, their founder, in this latest edition of our podcast to find out a little more about how they've grown from their initial beginnings to now the position they are in. Some of the key things that Dave got across in terms of his coaching philosophy and that of those who work with him is instilling a love of the game in players that exists from the very beginning all the way through their career. And we talked about ways in which players can develop their self-esteem through responding to failure and setbacks, increasing their focus, as well as the use of targets and goals. For Dave and for many other coaches who will be listening, communication is the key. So that was a big theme in our conversation. And I hope that everyone listening can take something back into their own coaching practice from this reflection from Dave. First of all, Dave, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's good to do, uh, good to chat. Yes, yeah, and as we were saying just before, everything seems to be via a Zoom call these days, so I don't know how we're going to cope, actually, it's face-to-face, but uh, there we are. So, Dave, just tell um, people a little bit about Complete Cricket, for those who, who perhaps aren't in the region and, and aren't aware of what it is you do. So, Complete Cricket launched in 2007, so we've, we're sort of going into our 13th year at the moment, um, which... You know, the business has grown exponentially over the last sort of two to three years. You know, we've seen a, a real growth in the number of children wanting to play cricket. Obviously, the the success of, you know, last year's World Cup and, you know, the Ashes, you know, was a great, probably the, the last time that we had that sort of focus on cricket was probably 2005 Ashes, you know, which really gave cricket the boost that it needed. Um, but, you know, complete cricket started in 2007. I started the company up on my own and then and in 2009 I joined a, a guy called Jamie Spires who played with Warwickshire. He joined the, the business and then we started to develop new products and started to bring you know, on further uh, current international ex-cricketers on board to start to help us deliver the programmes as well. And I think you know, that, was, that was a real big game changer you know, in, in what we could offer because I remember myself as a, as a young cricketer coming up that if if I was told that I was going to be working, say, going back to my day when it was looking at, at you know, the, the current Warwickshire side, but if the likes of a Dermot Reeve or a Dominic Osler or, you know, Dougie Brown or whoever it would have been at the time would have been coaching me, you know, it would have, it would have added a completely, you know, additional dimension to it. And, you know, I think that's, that's what we've been able to do. Uh, you know, we as well as as well as doing that and having really you know good names you know i would say that people would know uh we've we've also got some excellent coaches of our own that we've worked with from a young age to get to the point of where they're at now uh, and the gold dust coaches for us are the guys that can deliver from your chance to shine sessions your school sessions all the way up to your elite you know your elite level and pathway players you know because there's not that many coaches really that that have got the skills the confidence uh, and the communication techniques to really be able to deli- deliver from a four-year-old all the way up until a you know twenty-plus-year-old you know real strong player looking to get onto a first-class academy or you know and we've got a number of those coaches now which which have made you know which has really grown the business a lot. Yeah, and 
I mean, as you said there, in, in terms of the growth in these last few years with, with people wanting to play cricket, where, you're, where you do the bulk of your work in, in Birmingham and the, and, the, and the surrounding county, I think people would look from the outside and consider that to be one of the hotbeds of, of cricket. People listening elsewhere in the, in the country, I mean, for example, I'm in, in Liverpool and the first thing that comes to mind there for people is, is football and cricket finds it hard to, to get a, a look in there. Um, how, how, how have you found over the, the life of, the, of Complete Cricket so far about any, any kind of trends about people picking up cricket? Of course, the things you mentioned about 2005 Ashes and, and the World Cup win, but are there other things that seem to see a spike or a fall in players participating? I think trying to get children to buy into the fact that cricket isn't just a, a summer sport, you know, and sort of getting them to see that, it, you know, in order to be, you know, really work hard at your game and to see the results in the summer, you've got to put in the effort throughout the winter. You know, so a lot of our school programs, our one-to-ones, academies, you know, masterclasses, you know, they take place all the way through from as soon as the season starts, we're back indoors, we're coaching again in the, in the indoor period, looking to start again, whether it's leading into districts and county trials or whether it's, you know, actually just, just children that really enjoy playing cricket that want to do that as opposed to playing other sports. You know, and the, and the thing is for me that, you know, what, what I've always said is that it's about, it's about loving the game of cricket. You know, it's about developing a lifelong love of the game at a very early age. Because cricket is one of those sports that I think a lot of people can sort of fall out, out of love with. But I'm a believer that if we can get that, belief, you know, that, that love into the game at a very early age, that whether it's playing your first team, your county, your fourth team, being an umpire, a scorer, a, you know, being involved with the club, you know, every single individual plays their part, you know, in, in the success of cricket as a, wider, as a wider sport. You know, so for me, it doesn't matter whether they go on to play international cricket, county cricket, or their first team, second, third team, whatever it be. You know, just by having them involved in the game, it's, it's going to really see, you know, the game thrive. Um, and I suppose specifically about the Midlands, we, I think we are in a hotbed of cricket, to be fair. And, you know, we've got, numbers and you know lots and lots of cricket clubs in the west midlands area uh, and you know partly down to the work of what we've done over the, the last 10 12 years but also the work of some you know amazing cricket clubs in the area the volunteers and also the local cricket board you know i think that you know they've got a lot you know things that they've done exceptionally well they've got some great people involved there and you know they're very supportive of complete cricket and i think that's been the game changer as well for us is that that counties are now working with us, you know, as a, as a private organisation, counties are really working with us and seeing what they can do to support us, what we can do to support them. Uh, and there's not that much, you know, we're both pulling in the same direction now as I suppose when we first started Complete Cricket, it was a lot more, they were sort of a little bit sceptical about us taking players away from them. You know, now we understand that we're all got the same goal of trying to achieve, you know, the best for cricket, I suppose. Mm. Yes, and, and, and I know from, uh, from my conversations before, and of course I, I grew up in the, 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 the region and my club, Huntingham, is one where you guys look after the, the, the junior coaching there. So 
And how, how does that work from, from that perspective, that you have a club that has the, the juniors that are there um, and they, they make a, a decision to, to engage you guys to, to, to run that for them? How is that, how's that process? Because a lot of people listening will, will think about their junior section and, and who runs that and how that goes. This is an alternative, might be something quite different for them. Yeah, look, uh, you know, I think the, the, the idea of, I think cricket and probably in most sports clubs, you know, you, you see 5% of people end up doing, you know, the, the majority of the jobs within the club. You know, people, people are now working longer hours. They can't dedicate as much time to volunteering at their local cricket club. And also the restrictions on those people now have changed. You know, so you have to go through your, your coaching badges. You have to have achieved, you know, you have to be DBS qualified, safeguarded, first aid. You know, so it, there's, a, there's probably extra barriers now for, for volunteers to go through to be involved. Um, but I think that's, that's sort of, one, it's, it's the volunteer aspect of it. And two, it's the, the sort of the quality that we bring to that, to that club in terms of the coaching structures that we put in place uh, and that, you know, most cases the, the numbers will, will grow, you know, as, as a result of us being involved. And I think that that's, that's what the clubs like is that, you know, if they're attracting 50 to a hundred juniors, they want to be putting on a quality product. Um, and, you know, they want to have a real uh, structure in place. And I think that's what, what we've been able to do. You know, we've worked with numbers of clubs, we, at the moment, we work with close to 30, 30 clubs in various different formats. So, you know, whether that's sending in one coach to support them or whether it's actually sending in seven or eight coaches and running their whole junior section, sorting out managers for teams, et cetera. You know, we, we really cover the, the, whole, the whole sort of um, range of, uh, of options, I suppose, for a club to seek. Yeah, OK, yeah. Um, so in the time that we're at, uh, at now, I guess your approach to having cricket as something that is focused on across the whole year, there's always opportunities for development. What kind of um, focus has there been during COVID for complete cricket in terms of reaching the players and keeping them engaged? We've, we've tried to stay very active on social media. I think from a starting perspective, what, one thing I'm really, really keen to do is make people remember last summer. You know, I think that, with, with young people, you know, there might be a football season that might, you know, might take part of the, you know, cricket season this summer. You know, children will forget what happened last summer. And, and for anybody that's involved with cricket, you know, like last summer was a potentially a once in a lifetime where we won the World Cup. And, you know, Ben Stokes, you know, innings at, at, at Headingley that day was something that I don't think people will ever forget. You know, whether you were a cricket fan or not, those two, the World Cup final and that, that day at Headingley, you know, that, that brought non-cricket fans to watch because it was so exciting. And I think we've got to, you know, keep reminding, the, you know, the children about that because it could be quite easily lost. Um, as you said at the start, you know, I spend most of my days at the moment on various Zoom calls and, you know, just, just trying to let everybody know that, that we're still there. You know, even though COVID, you know, has sort of stopped us physically coaching at the moment, we're, we're still there, we're still waiting, you know, we're, we're waiting in the wings, ready to come back as soon as, you know, lockdown measures are eased and we can either get back to doing some one-to-one -one coaching. Uh, the one area that we've spent a lot of time on is actually organising some online masterclasses and, you know, 
this is something that just purely down to timing probably before and and the the fact that we would coach physically with a lot of players is something that pre-covid we didn't really consider before but i suppose one of the the sort of good news stories out of this is that i can see us continuing it after because it opens up it opens up a real new market of of people to learn about the game and you know one of the the things that we've been doing with our online masterclasses have been actually discussing not just the technical aspect of of playing your shots but we've talked a lot about game plans the mental approach to a game we've talked about you know just just that preparation aspect that could sometimes be be lost you know with a technical coaching session that you might deliver on a on a one-to-one basis you know we've had some really good you know good sessions so far with you know three sessions in and we've just got we've got a session lined up with Jim Trout next week and Alan Donald uh, we've got sessions the following week lined up with uh, Ian Bell Dom Sibley Amy Jones you know so cricketers at the moment want to start getting back to talking about cricket and it's probably been the best time to to approach you know these players to ask them because they've got time to do it at the moment but yeah so that's that's been exciting yeah and, and I was I really enjoyed the opportunity uh, to in fact I've, I've been in two of those uh, recently the one with Dominic Osler regarding physical and, and mental preparation for games and most recently uh, Pat Brown talking about slower balls um, from from my perspective they need a slower ball, they need a quicker ball. Um, but some of the, the, the stuff in there, brilliant, as you say, to have, a, have an understanding from, uh, in, in a context that maybe you just wouldn't get before, the chance for the young players to ask them questions directly, to see how they, how they approach that, is, is definitely like an opportunity that people have uncovered um, as, a, as a new way of doing things. Now, with the one with, with Dom, it was really interesting to see his perspective on on mental preparation and as you guys were, were going through that um how does that in in a regular um setting have its have its feature in, in what you do with players both on a one-to-one basis and a, and a team one is is that something which is runs all the way through or is it done a bit more discreetly or or how's how's it approached generally I mean, within our academy structure, we, we have 24 weeks within our academy and we sort of, we would dedicate maybe four of those sessions, one every six weeks or one every half term, you know, to actually looking at a different aspects of the game, whether that's the mental and physical preparation or whether that's nutrition, you know, whether that's psychology, you know, so we always try and keep our academies as, as varied um, and as thorough as possible. So the players get a real sort of first class training experience, I would say. Um, I mean, the, it, it's an area of the game that I'm very interested in as well, because personally, when I, I started to think about the game in a lot more detail and, and started to prepare better, mentally prepare better, my, my probably most successful years as a cricketer came probably in my mid, you know, mid to late 20s. You know? So it's something that I'm really keen to pass on to the young players at the moment, because they spend a lot of time in the nets thinking about their, their technical cover drive or the pull shot. But actually, if we spent as much time talking about the preparations side and the game plans, then I actually think that we'd see a bigger, you know, much more success as well, to be fair. Yeah, it's definitely an area where I'm reading Stephen Wall's autobiography at the moment, and he talks about the game being 90% mental and 10% technical, and how there's just so much room to grow in that, because 
for a lot of people it's 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 overlooked or it's just seen as a given it's not something that they can can train with that i, I know from your philosophy from what i've i've, I've picked up over time that the the aspects of a game plan and targets and goals are really crucial to to what you do and um, what's your ways of 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 getting the, the young players to understand the importance of that? I think, I think a lot of it boils down to good communication, you know, and, and I think that's, that's the, the key with, with coaching is that it's not always going to be everybody, you know, one size fits all, you know, like there's going to be different ways of approaching it. There's going to be times when you're in a group environment and you can have a, a 30 minute conversation about it. Sometimes, you know, in those scenarios, it won't actually physically sink in. You know, the players, they'll, they'll look at you and they'll, they'll sort of seem to be taking it in, but then, you know, they'll have forgotten about it and it, and it won't, you know, won't be taken in, to be fair. But, you know, I think that probably the, the, biggest, the biggest aspect for me about coaching and, you know, and, and it relates to sort of discussing game plans and preparation is, is down to communication. You know, it, it, I think that that's probably the thing that I try and focus on the most is having good, you know, good communication with players, letting them know that you're there to chat about, you know, any part of their game. And it's just, you know, trying to understand that individual and make, you know, have an idea about what time to talk to them. Is it the right time to talk to them on a game day or you're best off leaving it to the, the next session at training? You know, so it's, it's that, that's the thing for me, try and build relationships with players, understand what, what makes them tick and then find the right time you know, to have that communication with them about game plans or, you know, did you consider this going into last week's game, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Now, would it be the case then that, and I appreciate the the concept that we want to approach each player as an individual and not have something that's just uh, off the shelf, but if you were typically talking to players about, about their targets and their goals, is that something that you're wanting them to, to set or is it appropriate for you to to suggest some of those things? Uh, I think it's trying to find the right balance with that. You don't you don't want to put them under unnecessary pressure of setting you know goals and targets that might nece- you know not necessarily be be achievable. Um, I think it's again trying to just understand the, what makes that individual individual tick. You know, sometimes you might really want to build a player up and say look your target this year is a thousand runs I want you to score me ten hundreds and you know they may they may really respond to that but then there's other players that may go into their shell as a result of that you know so I think sometimes it's just about thinking about the next ball or bowling the next ball you know that that can be as simple as it is with some players and then some players actually like the challenge of trying to you know uh, there was a a lad that um, I taught at a school that I work with and he his his goal in that final year of school was to beat the record of runs that was ever scored in the school which was like 1500 and I think you know he set himself that target at the start of the year and he actually went on to to achieve it so you know that it, it just depends on the actual uh, mentality of the the individual I think yeah yeah and, and it's always worth coming back to to that of thinking what works for them rather than a coach or a teacher coming in and saying this is what I think works for me and then of course it's 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 top down as a result of that. And in terms of, I mean, cricket's a, a sport that maybe I think gets sometimes unfairly characterised by the fact that there's a lot of failure in it, and we've got the statistical elements to it. And um, 
But no matter what age we are when we're playing cricket, those failures and the setbacks can be difficult to deal with. What kind of things are, are available as a coach to be able to guide those players through a rough patch in the game? Yeah, look, I, I think that the, the ultimate rough patch will come to every, every cricketer. You know, like, like you said before, statistically, you probably you are more likely to, you know, to have a bad day than a good day, certainly as a, as a batter. But I think it's remembering, my, my thoughts is that if you can prepare correctly and you, you get yourself into the position mentally and physically to be ready for that game, if you fail, you've done everything possible. And then you can put it to the one side again and, and then prepare, you know, prepare as well as possible again going back you know and I think that that work ethic is something that people can fall back on I'm a big believer in that 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 if you train if you train well you do everything you can possibly do leading into that game and you fail then there's nothing more that you can do so from a mental aspect you can you know you can park it and and go again yeah I'm entirely on that page with you I think I remember Tim Cahill talking in his autobiography about the calmest time he'd be before it for a game is before he's about to go out there because if he's done his training and he's prepared properly then he knows that the outcome will take care of itself and he's he's done his bit and yeah that 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 instilling that kind of work ethic is is really important um in terms of a focus i mean it, particularly young players we we may be again from the outside can be a little bit unfair and just have a stereotype of a of a kid whose mind is it wandering different directions, looking in one place and, and so on. What, what is there that, that can be done to, to help them with that focus, both in a, in a game or in a, a session, but also keeping that focus to, to, to keep improving and keep the work ethic? I think, number one, it's got to be fun. It's got to be, it's got to be what they want to do as a player. You know, we... We've obviously experienced lots of situations where it's parent-led, not player-led. You know, I think if the player wants to do it and they love, again, it goes back to what I said before, do they love the game? You know, do they love playing cricket? And if they do, then they're going to get through these little bumps in the road, which are inevitably going to happen to, to all cricketers, you know, during their career. Um, you know, so I think, I think that that's probably... You know what? What we we would try and try and do with the players that we work with, to be fair. Yeah, and that balance, I suppose, between the the, the, the fun, but also then the, the the practice, which is which is purposeful. Sometimes um, you you can you can I can think myself of of examples where it can it can be too far one way than the other. You know, it's. It's hammering someone to do to do something when there's just no enjoyment in it, or it's it's fun, but then it doesn't have any purpose and it doesn't link to it. So, I suppose it's straddling the, the the two of them as you as you go along. Um, but my last main question, Dave, is around um, say with the one to one work because I know a lot of people, um, everyone to some extent has been coached um, in a group, but not everyone will have had that that one to one thing there. Um, where where's your starting point with that particularly with the, with the with the younger players if they're not maybe able to articulate what they want from it how do you go about a process of getting to know what they what the purpose of your of your interaction with them is yeah i mean i think 
it's as, as a coach, you want to have as much information as possible. You know, it's then your decision about when you pass that information on. I think you've also got in your mind a, you know, not everybody's going to be the same, you know, so I think we all understand that from a coaching perspective in terms of technically, you know, there are certain elements of technique that are, are going to be non-negotiable from a batting, bowling, fielding perspective. There's also going to be elements and quirks in everybody's game. So, you know, you're not looking to, to coach robots, you know, you're looking to actually understand, right, what, what's the strengths of that individual? How do we make those strengths better? And how do we try and, you know, understand what the weaknesses are and, and, and improve, you know, improve those as well at the same time? Um, I think there's all, as I said, you know, non-negotiables with batting, batting, bowling and fielding, things that, you know, the more that you coach, you, you just get the eye to look at and you, you can see, right, if, if in their stance, you know, they're crossing over their feet or, you know, their head's moving at the point of contact or if a bowler's, you know, not landing in the same place every time. You know, there's, there's certain things that you get to realise the more one-to-one -one coaching that you do. Um, but, you know, I would certainly say that, again, for me, it goes back to understanding the individual, you know, trying to work out, you know, what, what are they like as, you know, as a, as a person, you know, trying to build that relationship. And if you build the relationship, I feel that you're going to get more out of that individual on a one-to-one -one basis because they're going to be more likely to respect you and listen to, you know, what, what information it is that you're passing over. Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of the way you approach it, the way complete cricket looks at it, playing any, any sport team or individual, but particularly team is just completely full of benefits to people's mental health. And we perhaps don't even sometimes need to mention that it's good for our mental health for it, for it to be that way because there's there's all those elements there and loving something and having something that you're able to blow off steam by playing is something when people don't have it that they don't really understand our sport do they they look at cricket and think oh, what do you get out of it but then when you're in the middle of it it's such a protective factor in in this way but um in terms of my last point i think here is i think self-esteem is something which we can we can get an, an eye into through um, through cricket and seeing just how a, how a setback or how a challenge or how people present themselves can be. I suppose as coaches or, or teachers, we're in quite a privileged position to be able to see some sides of people that maybe you don't see in other areas. Um, what's your what's the, the the way of 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 sort of dealing with that more emotional or or, or yeah emotional or or tender side of the players that you come into contact with because it's not always going to be you know love and enjoyment of the game there will be times where outside things can interfere as well yeah look you, you you don't you know you go in you go into coaching to think you know coaching oh yeah i'm just going to be working you know it's you're going to be working technically with players all the time and it and, it, you know, there's going to be no other elements to it. I think very quickly you actually realise that, you know, there's lots of different facets to being a coach. And that's, a, you know, whether you, you know, looking after people and, you know, being kind to them, understanding when they're, they're not in a good place, you know, when, when they need, you know, they might need your, you know, an arm around them or a text, you know, just to see if you're okay. Um, you know, one thing that I, I personally just think is, as I say, going back to, my communication that I talked about before. I just think that, you know, just, just remembering the small things are really important, you know, to, to building relationships. So it might just be 
dropping somebody a text to wish them happy birthday that wouldn't expect it or you know on a you know the night after a game when somebody might have not had a good day they might be going away thinking really bad about themselves but just dropping them a text just to say look you know no worries don't worry about today or it happens to us all and you know you're going to be back on it again next week you know i think i think very small things like that can can actually really make a big difference to, to people um and you know in for me from a cricket perspective you know cricket has given me has given me everything you know and i'm sure that people that are really invested into the game would would echo you know my my words about you know cricket gives you a friendship group it gives you somewhere that you can go and safely belong uh, you know, you, you, there's so many different parts to, to cricket that have benefited my life. You know, I've been so lucky to play with, although I didn't play first class cricket, I've, I've played with some unbelievable, you know, world superstars of the game. Uh, you know, so I, I count myself very lucky from a playing perspective. And now going into a, you know, to be able to go and coach at a sport that I absolutely love and has given me so much, you know, that that's, um, you know, makes me makes me personally very content. So. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing which I often get told by by coaches when we do sessions on um, on mental health. We often focus very much on the players and then forget that there's a coach there and that the the aspects of working with people can be brilliant for for our mental health as well. So I think yeah, I'm glad that you you mentioned that. As we wrap up, Dave, just remind us of coming up in terms of the online masterclasses. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll put a link on the podcast so that people can can access them from there yeah great so uh thursday I'm trying to think what the date is it's the 14th tomorrow so the 14th of may we've got isabel one uh really interesting one this is because isabel we 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 noticed isabel's talents from a cricket perspective in her local primary school when she was six and so it's been really interesting to see isabel's journey over the years you know she's gone on to uh, real you know real great things at the moment whether that's with Warwickshire ladies and uh, Warwickshire women um Birmingham Phoenix which she was picked up for the Southern Vipers that she played on the TV last year in the Women's Super League you know she's a real she's a real character as he is so you know it's been great to follow her progress and, and also from somebody that you know we sort of noticed and put forward for county trials at a very early age it's you know that that's a real success story of ours um so that's tomorrow uh, then next Tuesday, the 19th, is we've got uh, Warwickshire head coach Jim Troughton talking through his transition from, you know, coaching into, uh, sorry, playing into coaching. Uh, Jim's a guy that's done quite a bit of coaching for complete cricket before in the past, before his, his uh, roles with Warwickshire. So uh, it's been good to have him on board. Uh, and then the following uh, 21st of May, we've got Alan Donald. So Alan Donald was actually was an overseas player at my club for two seasons. Um, so it's been, you know, he, he for me is one of my one of my idols. You know, I was when I when I played with him, obviously you turn up as a 17, 18 year old and you've got your overseas player is Alan Donald. I mean, you know, this guy's a legend of the game. And uh, to actually play with him and be fortunate enough to share a you know beer with him after the game and talk about cricket. And realise just actually what a great guy he is. You know, there's there's a lot of times that you sort of meet your heroes, and it's not exactly what what you think. But you know, this guy was uh, 100%. You know, uh, a superstar and a great guy as well to go with it. And then on the 20 26th, uh, we've got Danny Wyatt, uh, England women's Danny Wyatt, who's going to talk about inspiring the next generation generation of female cricketers. 
And on the 28th of May, we've got Ian Bell, who's our main ambassador uh, for Complete Cricket and done a lot of work with us over the years. So it's been great to you know, spend a lot of time with Ian uh, over the last couple of years and sort of um, he's been helping us and I've learned lots of things from him from a coaching perspective. And then at the moment, the first two in June, we've got Dom Sibley on the 2nd of June and Amy Jones on the 4th of June. So, you know, there's some, some serious talent, you know, over the next few weeks uh, to look forward to. Yeah, that's terrific. What a lineup. Now, I'll say to anyone listening, um, well worth your, your time getting involved with that. Um, made so many notes from what uh, Dominic Oster was saying and what Pat Brown was, and I'm, I'm certainly... Uh, available for the Alan Donald one uh, as a kid growing up in Warwick she's a, my cricketing hero um, and I'm definitely going to have a look in at the other stuff as well so I commend that to everyone but I'll just say Dave thanks for your time um, appreciate chatting to you and hopefully we'll back outside soon and uh, and it's cricket from there absolutely no cheers Mark good to speak to you To find out more about Complete Cricket and the offers they have both in person and online, go to completecricket.co.uk or Twitter at Complete Cricket. There's plenty there for you to have a think about. So until next time, goodbye.